Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. We have Claire with a baby. Hi. <laughs> and Hello. Bruce from the outside world. Heading outside, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a good podcast. Um, <laughs> how are you both? Yeah. Yeah, really good. Um, like I said, first poo explosion, so that was <laughs> fun. But apart from that, yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Is that quite good to get to this stage and only have had one poo explosion? I'm not sure. Is it? I I mean, I feel like it happens all the time. Oh, I oh, did you? Yeah, wow. Okay. Maybe that's because I'm remembering after the eight-week point. It was a long yeah, time. I think, like, bef- I feel like his poos so far have been quite small. <laughs> so now I think they're going to start to get big and then when it's six months I feel like they'll get bigger when I feed him real food just solid more solid anyway that's a good intro about. isn't it <laughs> I also love that <laughs> well I mean I'm so immature but Ruth is like yeah that used to happen to me all the time no, it wasn't me it wasn't me <laughs> um, <laughs> all the time <laughs> and it's my birthday today, by the way. I just, I'm going to say it. I will say it. But I'm not, so, you know, it's been a while since I've been doing myself. Really, really yeah, it's my birthday. I'm not young. It's not important. But, <laughs> but it is my birthday. Are you doing anything exciting for it? I went for brunch this morning, which is nice. But no, I'm not doing anything exciting. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, but yeah. What's your brunch choice? Well, normally I'd have like, salmon eggs avocado kind of thing on toast but I went for a hash this morning and it was really nice it was Ooh. had like chorizo potato beans and it was like this little hash and it was really yummy it was really nice very filling mm. yeah what about you what's your brunch choice I normally go and I can't remember I think eggs florentine that's the one but I don't actually like the sauce so I don't get no, that no I don't like the sauce either oh, I love the, sauce. the whole point of uh, well yeah like it's a, basically it's spinach on a piece of like half a muffin an English muffin yeah because that's like I don't I never go for eggs benedict because I don't like hollandaise sauce oh I but love it I don't know if, <laughs> so does my husband but I I kind of don't know if it still counts as being eggs fancy if you don't have the sauce well I'm always just know, not just eggs on a bagel <laughs> it is just, yes yes <laughs> wild wild Emma's got wild brunch choices <laughs> You probably pay twice as much for it because it's technically eggs Florentine. Florentine, yeah. <laughs> um, Claire, what's yours? I would say something similar, like eggs and salmon and avocado kind of things is usually what I go for. Mm. I do love that. Or if I want to be, you know, extra indulgent, um, pancakes with like bacon and maple syrup is like one that I do love. But, you know, that's they all the food. That. They had that as a choice. They did have that as a choice, but... great right let's get on with some questions Mm, yes and and actually the first question is about getting back on track she said I'm struggling to get back on track following my two-week holiday I've been trying every day from Monday to get back on track I'm feeling hungry which I think is because I'm on I'm holiday I'm holiday mode I think I was eating on holiday I was eating so differently and more food this is then leading to snacking I'm going to take it one day at a time and I'll keep going, but would be grateful for any advice or help. And I feel like you did a podcast on this recently, didn't you? 
Um, there's one that I always send to people. It's called Getting Back on Track. And so you can just put it in Spotify, like ESG, Getting Back on Track, and it'll come up. So that's a really good one to listen to. And the reason I did it is because this is so common and it's just a 12 minute thing and it gives you some really like practical, actionable advice. If what's happening is every morning you're like, today's the day, I'm getting back on track. And then something is happening that means that you're not, figure out what that something is. Cause usually there's a pattern in it. And I actually spoke to Michelle about this because we were, she was in the same position. She's like, every morning I get up with the best intentions. And then by afternoon I'm like snacking on stuff. And then I end up having something sweet and then I overeat. And it was because she wasn't eating in the morning. Like, it, and it normally is, I know it seems so simple, but it's normally the simple things or you're trying to be quote unquote good, but what you're doing is over restricting. Like you're like, oh, I'm just being good. Like I'll have one egg for breakfast. And it's like, well, of course, then you end up overeating later in the day. Yeah. It's not a you problem. It's not like, you know, you're not, you don't lack willpower. You've just kind of set yourself up for failing there. So that's why we want you to journal as well. So if this is happening every day, when are you going off track every day? And how can we change what's going on there? Because Michelle nailed yesterday with just a few little tweaks. Yeah, I we had this on the call the other day, actually. A lady was saying that she was like, I'm I'm like always bored of meetings. And then we're like, Well, when are you bored of meeting? Because that's and then she said later in the day, around in the afternoon, and I was like, Is it bored of meeting? No. Why are you just hungry? And she was like, You know what? I might actually just be hungry because I haven't eaten much during the day. And we can be so quick to blame it on not being able to do this or that. But actually, because maybe coming back from holiday, you're so desperate to get back on track that you forget what on track actually looks like. And you're trying to do this whole perfect catching yeah. up thing again. Mm. But, okay, should I move on? Or I want to say more on that. And I can't remember. What it, oh, yeah. So I was a little bit tough love with Michelle. Because she was like, I work, you know, I work in a bakery around food all day. I don't get a break. I start work really early. Like I'm up from this time. There's no space. And I was kind of like, if you want results here, you are going to have to. And this isn't just like fat loss results, but like if you want to live a happy, healthy life, you're going to have to have a break at work between 4 a.m. and like 2 p.m. Like that's just like normal human rights. Like you need to do that and you need to structure your day so you can do that. And, you know, like that, whenever you give tough love to a client, it can go one way or the other. But like she took it on really well and was like, yeah, do you know what? You're right. If I don't want my life to look like this, I need to start making some changes here. And then she kind of figured out, I, do you know what? I was a bit scared that if I did take a break, and I totally get this, that I'd kind of lose my flow and it'd be harder to get back into work. And she's like, but I did it and it was fine. And, you know, like and today was a much better day. So if you're in that position where you kind of feel like what, what Ruth was saying, like, oh, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that. Like, really have a think about like, and it doesn't have to be massive. It's not like, OK, well, you're going to have to cancel work and go to the gym for two hours instead if you want results. Like, It's like, no, you need to take a 15 minute break at some point within like however many hours that you're working. I it is yeah, Sorry, you go. You go. All right. I was just going to say it is a really good point, though. Like there's trying to work around um barriers but then there's trying to actually overcome excuses isn't there that they're slightly different like barriers is definitely long work and travel and kids and all of that but if someone really wants to do something they will kind of structure it so it can fit in even if it's 15 minutes half an hour 
um so it's is needed definitely I'm I would always go if you're struggling to get back on track morning routine as a, the thing just because it's a positive way to start the day to make sure that you're getting some movement in in the day so that that's becoming a habit again so you're if you're journaling or setting affirmations or anything like that you're just setting the mood for the day and I always think that that's a great thing to do if mm-hmm. you're training I know that 4am in the morning might not feel like you want to get up but yeah, there's but- normally during the day there's that time that you could do that thing isn't there even yeah. if 10 minutes at four I mean like the difference mm-hmm. between three do it when you're brushing your teeth yeah, like it doesn't have to be long. It can just be 10 push-ups or something. But the the real like key to morning routines is it psychologically sets you up. So yeah. you're, like I always think of it as the reverse of a sunk cost. Like you've stacked like the first thing is like in line with your goals. Now you're like at breakfast. Well, I don't want to ruin the fact that I've just done 10 push-ups. Yeah. Now, of course, like eating breakfast and you know, like, eating more for breakfast wouldn't ruin that. But you kind of have this, then you get the ball rolling. Okay. I've done some push-ups. I had a good breakfast. Now I'm going to, I don't know, take a slightly longer route to work so I can get some steps in. And then you're already like, well, I've freaking nailed my morning. I'm not going to like, I'm going to make healthier choices at lunch. And you build that momentum. And on a larger scale, that's how you get back on track, right? You focus on one day and you're mm-hmm. like, yesterday was good. So I'm sure I can do the same today. And then you're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I'm days in. And then you're like, before you know it, you actually start to feel good that's how you really build motivation is by taking the actions and I'm going to do a podcast on this because I was thinking about this the other day and there's a lot in the fitness industry and I'm like we've all said this before as well you don't need motivation like more like you need discipline not motivation like you've got to do it even on the days you're not motivated that's true to an extent but I was thinking the other day I was like I'm actually very rarely not motivated right and that's not a mistake and it's not luck and it's not innate it's because I do the actions that that lead to more motivation right and and it's not just habit and routine like that's part of it but like I want to go to the gym I want to eat well like I want to do these things I get up excited to work every day because I've set my life up in that way Mm. and it's taking those actions and and actually you can be someone I was thinking about this as well is is to do with your mood like you're way more likely to be motivated if you're in a good mood now it's unrealistic to be in a good mood all of the time I think of this like the baseline happiness hypothesis of everyone has a kind of baseline happiness and you can increase that now everyone starts at a slightly different point right so my motivation might start here and now because of the actions I take in the way I live my life it's slightly higher and someone else's might have started lower, but they can, like you, my point is you can improve from where you are. It doesn't mean that yeah. you're going to be like David Goggins or whatever, but like you might go from someone who's massively unmotivated to someone who's consistently pretty motivated. And instead of not wanting to go to the gym all the time, you only don't want to go to the gym half the time, right? Like you can improve from where you are. Um, And I do think that that's something with motivation. It's a little bit too blanket to be like, you just need to do it when you're not motivated like actually it's the action that drives the motivation so you'll find that you're generally more motivated if you're someone who consistently does those actions yeah I don't think for me I don't know if you guys are saying working out isn't something that needs me to feel motivated to do it's just something that you do like as in it's part of life and I enjoy it like you said yeah. it doesn't, it's not like oh I need to go to the gym that's never a thing but I know that people are there and that's fine. So you build from where you are, the same as lifting weights. You're not going to start with a 
kind of a barbell bench or anything like that or squat a heavy squat at the beginning you build from where you are with everything don't you and accept where you are no mm-hmm. right next one hello coaches since starting commit to six last round i paid attention to cows and protein i've been listening to previous podcasts and there's been a couple of discussions about fat targets i haven't really been considering a certain grams of fat each day should i start tracking this and if so why do people track fat i always have the mindset of low fat foods always being a better choice i'm intrigued who wants to lead on this so fat is an essential so you have some essential things that you need to get from your diet. So essential fatty acids from fat intake are essential for just functioning health, especially if you're a woman, because they're part of their role is to help you um, produce certain hormones and things. So it's very important that you get like at least a minimum amount of fat in your diet. Um, the bare, bare minimum would be 0.5 grams per kilogram body weight. I would prefer that women get closer to one gram per kilogram body weight. Most people actually hit their fat target without worrying too much. Where it can become a bit of a problem is if you do have the mindset of low fat, everything is good and fat is inherently bad, then you can end up getting like not very much fat at all from your diet, which, and even things like, I don't know how much evidence there is behind this, but like, I noticed that like your hair's better, your skin's better. You feel a little bit like you've got a bit more energy the thing with hormones as well is like you're, you're not going to be tracking these hormones so it's not like you're going to know oh my fat intake's gone up like this is <laughs> like directly happened but it is important for like just general healthy function and th- the point I want to make as well is that there are a lot of things that are essential but that doesn't mean that more of them is better right so it doesn't mean like oh some fat is good I should have a really high fat diet it's like no, no. once you've saturated like your body's need then there's, you know, you can have more fat if you want within your calories, won't make any difference. That's really just preference. But yeah, it's not just like better and better and better the more that you have. And you see this, I spoke about this the other day in regards to, but you see like almost the opposite of this with people worrying about hormonal fluctuations. They're like, oh, like lots of insulin is really bad, which, you know, it, it is. So some must be bad as well. Or like, having chronically high levels of cortisol is bad so having small amounts must be bad even though they're both completely needed for normal physiological functions right so just be aware of like how you think of things and it's not quite so black and white like the amount of something that you have is important as well yeah yes and the things like absorbing vitamin d and so on perhaps Mm. needed for things like that isn't it um claire do you have anything to add or shall i um no I think the only thing is the only point I was gonna kind of touch on but Emma kind of covered it is not really trying to hit it you generally hit it with the amount of fats that are in like your meats and dairy and um it's surprising how much fat is in some of the foods you consume anyway um so I think that's the only point that I think a lot of people maybe don't focus on kind of giving you a fat number because of that um so yeah that's the only thing I really need to say plus fat tastes good <laughs> yeah I think it's I when people that. you have I think certain diets like in like I think Swimming World and so on encourage low fat and people get into the mindset of trying to keep those fat levels yeah. low and um, and then then it can end up being low can't it I had a client once who was just eating 
I didn't know that she, she was a PT client, so she, I wasn't helping with nutrition, but she was struggling with energy levels. But she was having like lean chicken breast, rice, and um, and frozen veg every day for, for her lunch and her dinner, which is very very low fat. But it's great. But it would be good to have like something else going in. So it's great that she's getting those. But she was a, a, a marathon runner, so she was running a lot. So she wasn't having any fat source for um, as much fat for her performance as well. So I guess there's things like that going on, isn't there? I know. I think, Claire, that's probably really common with your athletes as well, that because in like any performance sport, most people are like, focus on carbohydrates. That's what's fueling you. Yeah. It's very easy to like negate the fact that, especially when I was just thinking when you were saying marathon runners, like absolute perfect storm for hypothalamic amenorrhea, which can also be impacted by having very low not just body fat stores but like fat in your diet yeah you're doing excess amounts of exercise on top of that like yeah it's important yeah that's the same thing is like the performance side isn't it but yeah I don't track my fat no I didn't track anything no to be fair neither do I but um but I'm aware I'm always aware yeah and I think if you're some if you have tracked in the past before, then that's the whole point, isn't it? You've got that awareness from doing it in the past, so you don't need to do it forever. Yeah. Next exactly. question. When pushed for time, what's the priority? Steps or gym workout? Or is it dependent on a ton of things? I had a question a bit like this in the check-in the other day, actually, just saying which should I prioritize, running or or um strength? sessions and I was like well how many can you actually do like how push for time are you can you do a bit of both yeah. <laughs> so I guess the answer is it does depend on a ton of things but what would you what would you what about you so I get this question um, a lot and as a general yeah. rule, I normally say if you've done three workouts then prioritize steps and if not then do a workout yeah Perfect. yeah I think basically and I think what is your goal as well like if the goal is anything else apart from say physique change or you know that kind of and health like what is is do you have a goal for strength or running and that might change what you do as well okay next question and it starts with stupid question but what exactly counts as a portion of fruit and veg it's not obviously a stupid question specifically in relation to variety e.g I have half a courgette at lunch then the other half at dinner can I count that as two servings or are they both or as they're both courgettes does that only count as one because I'm not getting an increased variety oh I reckon that's coming down to gut health isn't it because you're talking about variety we've, we've spoken about variety recently yeah I would count that as one to be honest and, and only because I just want to get you to get in more, right? Like, if yeah. you're, oh, I, I don't know if I'm going to hit my five fruit and veg or what, what we always set six because, you know, we're better than the average. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would just be, I would probably go with it. You're not going to get any negatives from having seven fruit and veg, you know, like I'd rather you had more variety in there. I think I have had similar questions to this before. And I'm not like, I think use your common sense a little bit with like is one grape a portion of fruit and veg like no but it's like don't know a handful of grapes yeah fine I would like they say a fist isn't it a portion of 80 grams or a fist but I mean obviously like that changes for everyone 
Yeah, you're not gonna like. I don't want anyone weighing out their apple before <laughs> it or something. Like, yeah. it's just pointless. I so, think the what you said is like, if I was to have in my dinner some broccoli, some asparagus, and tomatoes, I think thinking of like the different fruits and veg, I think that's a good way of saying a portion. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably what I go by. Mm. Yeah, but if you're yeah. also, I'm just thinking about this because if you're having like frozen veg and you're having like some peas uh, like a little bit of green beans or whatever but it's just like a couple one of pea stuff. one bean <laughs> I'm like no it's <laughs> like oh I've got four portions of my fruit and veg here <laughs> yeah yeah uh, a little bit more. portion so you can have the courgette still in the evening again but with something else yeah, yeah. oh courgette's great as well mm. Yeah, courgette yeah. in a while actually. We we both we grate courgette into like th- even things like bolognese, grate it in to bulk up the volume of it, and it's great. So we used to call it covert veg when the kids were little, but they love veg now, so it's all fine. But we're like covert <laughs> veg, grate it all in, and um, <laughs> they didn't even know, and you can't even tell it's in there to any parents. Grate the um, grate the courgette and put the and, spinach yeah. that goes to nothing. And also people that just like really don't, I mean, I can't relate at all, but like really don't like any veg, like try something like that. It will bulk out your meal, increases satiety, increases food volume, slows you down a little bit. You'll barely notice it's in there. Yeah, it's it's great. And it really does bulk it up. And if you're thinking value wise, you don't need as much of the meat, you know, like it doesn't need as much. So you're kind of getting a, a big bulk of food in there. And you're probably getting a portion of veg as well. Yeah. Well, I remember, <laughs> like, when I used to row, after rowing on, I can't remember what that was, but we'd all go for dinner together and, like, someone would cook. But, and Claire, you'll probably remember this, but, like, there's no <laughs> meat to go around. So, like, we'd have, like, a chicken bake, like, a chicken pasta bake, right? But, and I think that we used to have this game. It's like, is it chicken or is it a mushroom? It just reminded me of that when you're like, oh, you can pull it out. So it's like, I didn't get any chicken. I just got like bits of mushroom. You are like, I got no meat in here. It's just freaking courgette. Oh, rowers are so cool, aren't they? <laughs> Where we'd be like, no, because we're all students as well. We get like, oh yeah, the, like two ch- chicken breasts will be enough for eight people. Okay. <laughs> it's like eggs quarantine without the sauce, really, isn't it? Just coming no, back from that. <laughs> um, any advice on choosing a gym to join? Any feet? or equipment to look for any red flags um, I think I go for one think... that you're going to get to closer mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah Sorry. I don't think there's any red flags really like if I look for a gym I make sure they've got a platform and a barbell mm-hmm. that's kind of if there's any anything else extra is just a bonus mm-hmm. um yeah. I think it depends what you're looking for yeah. like as an example if you're completely new to the gym and all they have is platforms that's I'd, a bit scary yeah I'd probably rather go to a pure gym and then I can like learn yeah. on the a little bit and then maybe dumbbells and then think about going on a platform so it depends what you're looking for but I, I would agree with Ruth like what's actually close to where you are because it's yeah. probably not going to have like 20 gyms to choose from you're and the vibe the local pure gym and maybe a independent gym and maybe like a more strength-based gym or something and you can be yeah. like 
I'd go and look around and just see where you feel most comfortable, if I'm honest, because that, even though you say red flags, I think the red flag is if you walk in and people aren't helpful and friendly and anything like that. You just want to go somewhere that you think, yeah, cool, I can come in here and just get on with my training and it's all good. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I'm like you, Claire, I, I don't have any machines in the gym I go to. It's just some free weights, really. Um, but again, if you're a beginner going into that gym and you haven't got a PT there helping you, that that probably wouldn't feel so yeah, comfortable so, yeah so go for some somewhere that you can see yourself training I think places like a pure gym are quite good at the start because they have a bit of everything usually don't they so then you can feel what you can go in and do what you feel comfortable with and build up to something that you don't feel comfortable with as well and generally apart from the out of hours times there's there's quite a bit of like you know quite a lot of staff around um yeah and yeah. a mix of everyone there there's it's not like you're going in there's so many different types of people training exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not like scary strong people the whole time <laughs> you're never actually as scary as they look are they um, <laughs> yeah excellent no, should, I... <laughs> should i go on to the next question yeah oh this kind of goes a little bit a little bit back to what we've been doing before but any tips so on how to stop snacking I can manage three meals and a healthy snack snack for about a week then as the next week approaches the snacking starts and I'm almost eating whole meals worth of calories as snacks mm. it feels like maybe they're over restricting in that first week to me. like yeah. you, you want just to see what their calories are in that meal or maybe maybe, maybe interesting to see what their calories out, are bulk out their meals with courgette yeah <laughs> lots of volume like it almost surprises me that it's a whole week because I think normally when you're over restricting it's usually a bit quicker than that it's like oh yeah for two to three days I'm fine and then bam like it, huh. once you've managed something for a week often yeah do you think it could be that they're getting bored of it <laughs> like as in they are try, you know that there is an element of actually that is the point you know you talk about the dip yeah. that is the point that you do actually just need to tell yourself that you've got to carry on um, and perhaps take that pause I yeah or I would have expected Ooh. the efforts I've put in now I'm annoyed that I don't have them thus I'm kind of like whether you want to call it self-sabotage but I'm just mm. like like you say a little bit bored and then adherence slips and if you're telling yourself this story that's the other thing of hey, this always seems to happen a weekend and then a weekend you're like, you know, the tiniest slip up and you're like, oh, that always happens. Every single Well, there's weight loss. Well, there's weight loss. You've weighed yourself, you're doing really well and you're like, I'm doing really well anyway. Mm. And because there could be that, but I mean, stop it a weekend as well. Is it that kind of thing? Do you know, like they've gone the whole week and they've done really well because it's easy. Then they hit the weekend. It's a bit harder. Yeah, I mean, that's normal. That's what we normally see, isn't it? But it says a whole week. Um, so it could be, it could be that. Um, but I, I mean, when people are snacking, we're often talking about putting in that pause, which can be like mm. eating re really slowly or having a drink of water or just take, you know, taking a moment to question what you're doing. But then maybe it is worth, like Emma said in the first thing after the holiday, about actually asking yourself why you're doing it. Just really trying to work it, work out why, because there will be a reason weren't there so it is just trying to say is it just because you're bored is it because 
something's happened I don't know it's, it's hard to answer without identifying that why isn't it yeah and is there a pattern there so like is it always a Wednesday and is Wednesday a very stressful day for you or you don't sleep well over the weekend and then it's always the Monday that catches up with you or you know that there is always something when yeah. there's something about journaling then maybe keep a journal for a little while as you see if you can look back and reflect on why it's happening and when because that can be quite useful just kind of going okay this is always then yeah and then exactly what Ruth said as well is like are you actually over restricting because that's the first thing to look at mm-hmm. um saying that there has to be some kind of deficit for fat loss so you know if, if the only way you're creating that is to have your three meals and a snack which on the surface doesn't seem like like anything silly it sounds quite like a sensible thing but then if you're having lower volumes of food like you said in those in those meals you can feel pretty hungry and feel pretty restricted even if the calories are higher can't you so it might be looking at the food you're eating as well yeah yeah and then always remember restriction is perceived so if you're telling yourself you know even if you're at maintenance calories and you're like I'm on a diet this is restrictive I can't have this I'm only having that you know that will only last so long because you're resentful yeah. yeah all right uh, and then some, somebody else has just said that they're the same especially at night time um and then this she said also I won't even be hungry but my mind is telling me I must have a snack which is interesting as well because that is that's that probably is a habit thing isn't it yeah and also, else. you know your mind's often not right <laughs> you don't need a snack you absolutely don't need a snack and I think people like is it like oh you know like I'm craving sugar and I need sugar it's like you don't so it's it, and that's an important thing as well like being able to hear what your brain might be saying and be like oh that's not true though you know, it happens in loads of situations, not just like food and fat loss, like loads of situations just generally. You might think that, I don't know, people are looking at you or something or you're really anxious about something. It's like, no, actually nobody is. It's not, it, it's just your thoughts. Thoughts aren't always it's, reality. And actually it's often slowing the mind down because when, if you get into the end of the day and you're like, you've done loads of work and your mind's going, often we'll like make reactive decisions rather than just slowing down and thinking. And I think that often that I must have a snack is a time that you slow the brain down and go and just acknowledge it. Yeah, that's nice saying that again. Yeah, but it's Good story brain. But, don't... but we're moving away from this now. Um, um, I think that's another really good point is that when's that happening? Oh, it's happening in the evening. Oh, you've made decisions all day. You're much more likely to make poorer decisions, right? And there's there's a rule that I sometimes put in place of like the the 8 p.m. rule, right? Or it could be 7 p.m. or it might be 9 p.m. for you. But for me, it's like 8 p.m. I don't make big decisions after 8 p.m. because they're never good ones, oh. right? When you're most likely to do, I mean, like when are you most likely to internet shop and buy random shit you don't need? But well, you don't I make rash decisions all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I do loads of shopping when I'm stressed. <laughs> but you're not doing it at six in the morning, are you? No, I'm doing it whenever I breastfeed, so that is 24 <laughs> 7. I have to be honest, you know, you talk about emotional eaters. I'd definitely be the emotional shopper. I'd be like, oh, I think I, something good happens. 
deserve a little something something bad happens I think I deserve a little something yeah <laughs> so, so I can relate but it's uh so easy the other isn't day, it I uh was on my Amazon and in my car it was two extension cables and I was like what was I doing at like 3 a.m. morning <laughs> but then it was and I actually thought I started to order this but then it wasn't it was James had accidentally gone into mine then it's and I woke up like god I really am out of it when I'm breastfeeding at night <laughs> that was quite funny that would not end up in my basket I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> my mate yeah. used to get really high and order random stuff on Amazon and it, it was so funny when it came like I think she ordered and I think because she thought it was actually potentially might look quite good. And she ordered this like blonde wig and then like veneers from Amazon. Can you imagine? <laughs> and we'd all like put them on. I can't remember what else she did. I don't know if she was high when she did this, but she also went and got like an incubator for eggs, ordered <laughs> like e- like duck eggs and she hatches her own ducks now. Oh my God, I want that. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You would absolutely love it. She's got like a little duckling. Yeah. I had Matt, duckling. She did that when well. she, she kind of drunk ordered that or ordered it when she's high, the duck incubator. Yeah, yeah. She'll do like, she'll just be oh. like, yeah, I'll just get that. I'll just like, to be fair, one time I ordered a home sauna, which I still have. In- oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't use it? No, I, I used it once and then I was like, no, it's, <laughs> it's not very fun. sauna. You've got a sauna. Yeah, but is yours just a random tent? No. No, no, no. It is actually built in. (laughs) (laughs) But recommend the home sauna. No. And you know what? Post 8 p.m. So there you go. There's the rule. Another example. You're not going to be like texting your ex at six in the morning. You always do it at night. So again, don't send it. She's right. (laughs) True. Okay, it's a mindset question. I have a mindset question about a a pattern I see myself repeat on every fat loss attempt. For a while, it's all fine. I'm ticking off every habit, getting my workouts done, hitting set targets, within calorie target, meeting protein targets, etc. I feel good and see progress. Then out of the blue, it all feels massively overwhelming and like too much pressure. I panic and start to self-sabotage. I mean, this goes a bit back into what you were saying. We can say just now, doesn't it? You go, Emma. Then. Yeah, so I actually did a podcast on exactly this. Like, I think it's the last solo episode, so it would have come out on Monday. So if you just go back to the last podcast. but because I'll someone, put it in the comments. I'll find yeah, it. Someone posted this, something very similar in the group. And I've gone through, like, numerous different explanations for this. But so many people resonated with it. Oh, my God, that's exactly me. And the reason it's exactly you is because it's so normal for that to happen but when you pathologize it into it's self-sabotage it's out of my control it happens every time it becomes this story that you tell yourself and when you tell yourself that story enough it becomes your reality and then did you hear that i did hear it i'm so sorry (laughs) what was it giant poo (laughs) i I thought it was a hiccup i had a no i'm so sorry do you need to go Oh. oh no I'm okay you can sit there in it <laughs> um yeah so I think I, I'm not going to really go over that because I, I went like in I went in on it but go and have a listen to the last episode I'll put a little link I'll go back after it and put a little link into that um 
What causes muscle cramping? Lately, I've been getting muscle cramps in my leg when I wake up and stretch. Can this be caused by diet? It could be, yeah, that or dehydration, um, especially in the heat. Um, I'd say it depends on when you're getting it. Did they say that when they're getting it? Oh my in god! In the evening, I oh, know. In the morning, it's when they wake up in the morning. Yeah, so it could be dehydration, maybe from overnight. They've not. So potentially try getting water in before bed and in the morning when you first wake up and then think about your sodium and potassium um, consumptions as well. That's kind of usually, I think, an easy fix. I don't know if you have anything else to talk about there, Emma, or agree. I think it's actually quite common in menopausal women as well, especially if you're getting like night sweats because you're losing so much. Like when you sweat, you don't just lose water, you lose salt as well. So you mm-hmm. can you end up being, and it's horrible to wake up to cramps. oh night sweats yeah um yeah adding in some like you said some electrolytes at the moment might be a good idea i mean even waking up in the morning and having your first morning drink as a glass of electrolytes at the moment or if yeah. you're getting night sweats during the night might actually not be a bad idea either um i would say they don't need to be super strong ones um but yeah okay next next You've done that. I know that Emma's done something on this as well. But could you explain creatine dosing? Dosing. I have heard the range three to five grams a lot, but I have also read that dosage is based on body weight, um, not point not three grams per kilogram, which seems low. I used to supplement with five grams per day when I was training heavily and competing, but I haven't taken it for the past few years. I want to start back on it now, but would like to understand a bit more about dosing first. And I'm worried about water retention. I think it tends to make my face a bit puffy. Thanks. So it definitely won't make your face puffy. That's not the creatine. So don't worry about that. Um, dose, like, so the three to five gram dose is just because it's generic and it's easy. Like not very many supplement brands will put on like, have your protein at, you know, 0.x grams per kilogram body weight. It's just too confusing for people. Um, the Actually, that is quite a low dose, the 0.03 grams per kilogram body weight. Having 0.1 grams per kilogram body weight is actually more evidence-based but it is usually higher than the 0.5 grams if i'm totally honest it's probably not going to make that much difference like i take about somewhere but you know whatever the kind of scoop like five grams ish um but you are right that like if you're a bigger person you probably benefit from more if you're a smaller person if if there's too much creatine like nothing bad will happen you'll just pee at that Mm -hmm. I think that's all we need to say, isn't it? And that one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we've got two more questions. That time of the month is approaching and I want to eat everything in sight. This always happens a week before I'm due on. Any tips on getting through this? I mean, this comes up quite a lot as well, doesn't it? Um, yeah. It is annoying. And I would say that often, because sometimes you don't need to adapt at all. But if you want to eat anything in sight during that time, then perhaps plan in just a little snack more. Just nothing, you know, but if it's planned in and you go, oh, I can have that, but I'll have it when I know I really want it, which is likely at this time. And I can have that extra and those extra calories on that few days before your period. So my dog's barking now. Um, isn't going to make a great deal of difference. He doesn't realise we're on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> so antisocial. Uh, <laughs> Can we see him? 
Yeah, you I'd can like see him. Mycroft, come here. He's like, this is the. You call him Mycroft. Yeah. Oh my god, as that's it... so cool. Mycroft, come. I, wait, is it as in like from Sherlock Holmes? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, no, all the kids used to think it was Minecraft. He's going to be there. You don't need to look for me. There he is. He's got a bit. I figured that if he, um, if he, that, okay, that's my, and if he, um, called him Mycroft, it would mean he was really clever, but he's not, he's really not very clever at all. There's a lot of love, but not much brain at all. I know. He's so cute. He is. He's you know cute. About what to do if you're, if you've got cravings around your period. Uh, do you know what to do about cravings? He'd just say, eat it all. <laughs> eat it all. Don't listen to Minecraft. This is um, not, not he the... He knows. Oh, okay. yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. What, you, what, do you, <laughs> what do you think, Tommy? Oh, he's a bit shy. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. No, just, that's it. My <laughs> just sit on my lap now. I've not been paid for this appearance. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, so I guess considering you guys aren't going to answer, I'll, um, I completely agree with what we've said. However, in certain circumstances, and this is something you need to test out yourself. I know for me, I want to eat everything in sight for like three or four days before my period. If I eat everything in sight, I still want to eat everything in sight. If I eat a little bit more, I still want more. Like it's basically an insatiable craving. So I'm just like, do you know what? it'll pass so actually I double down for the couple of days before my period because it makes no difference you know like no if I have a little bit of chocolate or not it makes absolutely no difference I still want more and I've been further away from my goals now for some people they're like oh do you know what just having that bag of Maltesers takes the edge off for me makes it way easier for me to yeah to this long term and that really works for me so you need to test and see what works for you some people might just be like do you know what? A bag of Maltesers doesn't even touch the sides. There's absolutely no point. I'm just going to stick to my diet. Fine. I guess the fraction might help as well in that situation. As in, go for a walk, do something else that brings you comfort. But I mean, yeah, right. I think it, I usually advise, like when I've been working with people, potentially like some people feel more fatigued. So we might adjust their volume in their training and that'll make them feel a little bit less fatigued and crave a little bit less. Do you know, like if their training kind of is less intense and um, that's something that I sometimes do with say like the Bristol girls I was working with, it's something I'd suggest is in their training in the gym, we kind of change that a little and then suggest try and just focus more on carbohydrates. But that's obviously they're a little bit more as an, of an athlete. Um, so that's how I, answer that question for some people as well being kind I think that we will beat ourselves up regardless of what choices we make at this stage as well I know. We? so so mean to ourselves so no matter what choice you make it's probably going to be wrong in your head <laughs> but um yes. I would just find some calm be kind and yeah if you are somebody that's going to eat loads more from eating a bag of more cheeses then don't but I I definitely find that there's certain things that can hit the spot not be too much but I would try and I'd try and do it later if that makes sense so I'd be like oh if I have this now then it's not going to be there for later because and also I'm very much somebody that would make a choice that if I'm going to eat those calories it has to be something I really want 
as well. Like if I'm going to, so I don't want to have it on a rubbish. I always say I haven't got time for crap cake. Like if I'm going to eat a piece of cake, it's got to be the best one ever. Like I just don't think that it's worth it otherwise, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It's, a choice. it's always a choice. Yeah. Yeah. No, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No time. And uh, yeah, exactly. So, and that applies even during your period, make sure it's something that's going to be hitting the spot all before. And I okay. like having something to look for, right, okay, but after dinner, I'm going to sit down with a cup of tea and have that bag of Maltesers. And like, that gives you something to look forward to as well. Where And mm-hmm. I, I actually find that I generally do that. Like, it's not like I have rules around it, but I actually don't like eating chocolate or anything during the day. Like mm-hmm. I might sit down in the evening and have something after my dinner, but during the day I don't I wouldn't really do that no I'm quite bad for like coffee cake during the day yeah that's my association food isn't like if I have a coffee I'm like where's the cake (laughs) (laughs) who are these people the cake is something I can take and leave I'd be more likely probably if it was a like a nice chocolate biscuit or something that would be probably yeah yeah there you go we're just going to talk about favorite biscuits now right we've got one last question and it's how many hours of sleep is recommended for muscle recovery? Which is... Oh, Claire, do you... For what recovery? Muscle recovery. Muscle, muscle oh. recovery. Um, I mean, I feel like it's the same for any recovery, but I would just recommend... Oh, oh sorry. I would just recommend trying to get roughly, you know, eight hours a night I think I don't think it's it's different like I thought it's the same I thought it was the same for all recovery whether it's like mental recovery and physical recovery well seven plus hours like when you look at the research it's like the average best amount of time you can sleep is 7.5 hours but some people genuinely need less sleep and some people genuinely need more sleep Mm. I think I'm on the more. I think I'm probably on the less, you know. Yeah, I I could guess that just by the fact that, you know, I know that you're up and on it. Yeah, in that, Ruth, you messaged me at like 4.55 this morning. (laughs) Do you know, I'm not, I'm waking up. This is the thing. I'm going to have to move my seat even earlier. I'm waking up so early at the moment and I can't even. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you didn't. It's insane. a little bit early this morning because I had to do a really early live with Chloe and so I, got, I was I like I was up at half four but it was so easy because it like my room was like light yeah for fun. And I was like oh yeah. this, this is actually not hard to get up yeah no I mean I'm up and there's no fighting it you know I'm like awake but I, but I need a bit more sleep like I'm definitely somebody that likes at least eight hours and last night it was just it was less than seven oh, even boy. though I went to bed at something but I definitely was someone who needed a lot of sleep before, but now I feel like I'm just surviving on like an hour. (laughs) I don't know how I coached when I had, you just do, don't you? You just manage when you get I think it's because like you're in such a light sleep. I think you just, I don't know. I feel like I'm always wired. Like I think I'm always wired for like hearing him. So I don't think it, I think it keeps me up more. I think it's, I think, yeah. So I don't really need as much sleep as I previously did. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I probably need it, but but you're fine. You're thriving, babe. You don't need anything. <laughs> it's all you manage. 
psychological. <laughs> I, do, I do remember you used to like a lion. Yeah, I do. I, I definitely did. <laughs> I don't get that anymore. It's a bit sad. Okay, right. Well, that's been absolutely amazing. Thank you. And thank you for the guest appearances. Uh, yeah. We will be back. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll be back to answer your amazing questions. And Andy is going to do the group live on Monday. So he'll post Monday. that. Bye. Bye. Bye.